Adult content intended for an adult audience only. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. Hot Night, Cold Winter Storm by B. Blakeith Characters Nick 23, Main Character Evie 20, Housemate Irene 24, Housemate Brian 18, New Housemate Fleur 26, Housemate, Dating Steve Steve 31, Dating Fleur. It isn't that unusual for it to snow this early in the year. It is the 18th of December after all. But the winter is much colder than normal this year. Previous year around this time it did snow as well but it was warm enough for the snow to melt as soon as it hit the ground. The kind of snow that left the roads all wet with a nasty mix of half-molten snow, road salt, and all the other debris on the streets. This year is different. It has been well below zero degrees for several weeks now. The people driving, cycling, or taking public transport have been getting used to this. Weather. Today was the first time some real proper snow hit the Dutch city of Utrecht. The trees are getting covered in a light layer of glistening white snow. It would not be unimaginable that photographers were already busy taking pictures of the beautiful sights at the city canals. The traditional canal houses would look incredible. Nick had gone for a walk around the city center early in the morning. By then the snow was already falling steadily and slowly covering everything. Some people just like Nick had gotten up early as well to enjoy the snow, but most people were likely still in bed. Being one of the first people to walk through the fresh snow was very satisfying, although it also gave Nick a bit of a guilty feeling to disturb the peaceful image. It was fun to walk outside in the snow, watching the different styles of Christmas trees people had set up in their homes. The bridges over the canals had become a bit slippery, but the sights had totally made the early walk worth the effort. Nick returned home at around 8 o'clock in the morning. He lives at the edge of the old city center in a rental building for students. As a 23-year-old student Nick was very happy with the house. It is an old building from the early 19th century. A traditional townhouse that once belonged to a jeweler. The store used to be on the ground floor, with the family living above it. Because it was a beautiful and well-built building it was preserved over the years. The building had been rebuilt years ago to be purely residential. These days it was rented out to students. The ground floor is shared, but on the second and third floor there are separate rooms. Nick rented the largest room on the second floor. This was his third year living there. On the second floor there are two more rooms and a small bathroom. Evie had moved in two years ago, and Brian had moved in after the summer holidays. Their rooms had ceilings quite a bit higher than a regular house these days. This was nice but in the winter it took a lot of fuel to properly heat the place. Living in a relatively fancy building close to the city center with large rooms was great, but the gas bill was a big downside. Thankfully his landlord was not the worst, so Nick still counted himself lucky. The third floor had a lower ceiling because of the sloping roof, but the rooms were joined together. Fleur lived there. At 26 she was the oldest in the house. In the winter she was very happy having her place on the third floor, but in the summer it could get too hot there. At times when the summer was especially hot, she would sometimes just walk topless to and from the bathroom. 
The first time Nick was a bit shocked to see her large milky white breast. But Fleur would just smile and keep going. During the winter Nick sometimes missed seeing her walking around like that. However, Nick wouldn't be there in the house for much longer. The 18th of December is the first day of the winter holidays that year. Because of a local holiday the winter holidays were extended a few more days. A lot of students would soon leave the city to go back to stay with their parents for Christmas. Nick too would go visit his family on the outskirts of Amsterdam. He was planning to go there in a few days. First he would take a couple of days to build his energy back up after a long period of studying. The feeling of finally not having to do anything was liberating. After walking in he quickly closed the front door. Between the five of them living there they had agreed to take off their dirty shoes in the hallway. None of them liked cleaning, and this just made it easier. Now that it was snowing it also meant they didn't drag moisture into the house. Instead of his shoes Nick put on a pair of thick woolen socks that his grandma had made for him. Walking into the living room he noticed that none of his housemates were up yet. They were probably sleeping in. It was still dark outside after all. They would probably wake up with the sunrise. The coffee machine on the kitchen counter looked very appealing. Taking an early morning walk was worth it, but it drained his energy. After having his morning coffee he quietly went upstairs. He did not want to wake his friends up unnecessarily on their first day off. But when he was halfway up the stairs the door of Evie's room opened and she walked out. She was wearing just a plain pair of bra and panties. She closed the bathroom door after her softly, clearly trying to not make a lot of noise. She had not noticed Nick walking up the stairs. Maybe she didn't even know he was awake yet. When she walked out Nick had taken a quick glance at her butt. She hadn't seen him, and her butt was at an interesting angle from his perspective. Evie always looked amazing, and even better in just her underwear. At twenty years old she still had that slender teenager look with perky boobs and a tight ass. It wasn't like Nick had not seen her in her underwear before, but he still felt a bit embarrassed for staring at her ass. In their house they hadn't any rules for clothing standards. You could just wear whatever you were comfortable with. They had a sort of unspoken agreement to not stare at each other. Nick tried not to let any dirty thoughts about her get into his mind and just walked into his own room. With a sigh he realized he should probably just tidy up his room. It wouldn't be great to come back from the Christmas break into a messy room. Nick started organizing his books. Slowly the world around him started waking up. After organizing his books he cleaned up his closet. From the sounds in the house Nick could make out that everybody was in a good mood. The old house was built well, but the sound insulation wasn't great. He could easily hear that Evie had finished her shower, and that Fleur was now happily singing in the shower. Nick was ironing his shirts when Irene knocked and came into his room. Good morning. Have you seen my hair clips by any chance? No. Why would I have your hair clips? Nick said. Irene looked like she had just woken up. Her hair was messy and she wore baggy clothes. I am not saying you have them, just that I can't find them. Maybe you just happen to have seen them. Do you want me to help look for them? Nick asked. If you want to, yes please. I could help you iron your shirts in return if you want. Haha, no thanks. I'll help you look, but I can manage my own shirts. Thank you. And to be fair, you are better at ironing than me anyway, Irene said. 
Nick turned the appliance off and followed Irene into her room. They all knew cleaning up wasn't Irene's strong suit. Her room was even messier than usual. Together they started looking around. But it didn't take long before Nick was practically beginning to clean up. Searching through the mess would take a while so he might as well help her out. She had helped him study a lot the last few weeks, so it felt to Nick like a good time to return the favor. Why do you need your hair clips now all of a sudden? I don't think I've seen you wearing them recently. Well, I am going to travel to my parents in Germany in a few days, and I wanted to try something fancy with my hair. Irene explained. She told Nick what she wanted to try and showed him some pictures. Irene had long blonde hair that had a little bit of natural curls. Nick himself did not think too much of the pictures she had shown him, but he did not tell her that. Her natural hair was already astonishingly beautiful, and he actually liked when it was a bit roughed up. However, Nick also understood the desire to try something new and daring. Irene and Nick had a close bond, and he knew her well enough to know not to argue with her about her hair. After pulling a whole lot of her clothes from the floor and throwing them on a pile they found the hair clips. Somehow they had ended up in the pocket of a sweatshirt. If you have any laundry you need washing you could give them to me. I think I am going to do the black laundry first, Irene said. She separated her laundry in black, whites, reds, and the rest. Nick noticed himself staring at her while she was picking through her clothes before breaking off his gaze and heading back into his own room. He had some socks and boxers in his own laundry basket. He pulled those out and brought them back to Irene. They did not wash their clothes together often, but now it was probably easier. Irene, Evie, Brian and Nick were all going to go to their families for Christmas, and everybody would want to use the washing machine. So it made sense for them to wash their clothes together. After finishing up the laundry together they went downstairs. In the living room Evie and Fleur were talking and giggling. When they saw Irene and Nick walk and they stopped their conversation, as if they were hiding something. What you talking about? Irene asked. Just girl talk, Evie said with a cheeky smile. Oh, it's all right, they can hear it too, Fleur said. Steve is coming over today, and he will be staying the night. He said he wanted to meet my parents during the Christmas break. Cool, so it is getting serious? At what time does he get here? Nick asked. Yeah, I think it is becoming real now, meeting my parents and everything. Well, finally, I thought he might have some commitment issues. Good to see he is making the next move. Good for you, girl, Irene said. He is coming here in an hour. He wants to get here before the snowstorm. It seems to be getting worse than they had expected, Fleur said. Yeah, about that. Maybe we should get some groceries before the storm hits. You never know, we may get snowed in. Does somebody want to go to the supermarket with me? Evie asked. Sure, I'll come with you. I think I'll buy some wine for us as well. If there is going to be a snowstorm we should make it fun indoors, right? Irene responded. Evie jumped up from the couch and went to the hallway to put on her winter boots. Nick and Fleur talked about Steve for a while. They had been dating for almost a year now. It was clear that Fleur was very happy that she managed to get a man that was willing to have a real long-term relationship with her. She had dated other guys before, but somehow they always just wanted to keep it casual. Fleur did not mind keeping things casual at first, 
But now that she was 26 she had properly figured out what she wanted. She said she was ready for something serious now. After talking for a while she started daydreaming and sort of drifted away. Nick let her enjoy herself in the living room and went back upstairs. He was happy for Fleur, but there was also a bit of jealousy. His last date had ended with a bad fight after four months of having a great time together. He did not like to think about it anymore, so he quickly tried to push those bad memories out of his mind. Instead he went to check in on Brian. He hadn't heard from him today yet. Brian was the youngest in the house at just eighteen. He was a really friendly guy, but also a bit of a geek who kept to himself sometimes when he wasn't feeling great. It turned out Brian had just started playing a new game. He hadn't been able to play it much between studying and his work. So now that the holidays were finally here he had jumped in right away. Brian showed Nick that they could play it as a cooperative game. Together they played the game until the doorbell rang. That might be Steve, maybe we ought to go down and greet him. I hear we might see him around more often, Nick said. Steve, who is he again? Brian asked. Fleur is dating Steve, you know the 31-year-old Danish guy. I think you've seen him before. Fleur said that he is willing to make it a serious relationship with her. Oh yes, I remember the tall guy with that badass beard, right? He seems cool, I wish I could grow a beard like that, Brian said. When they got downstairs Fleur had already opened the door. It was just Evie and Irene returning with the groceries. Fleur's facial expressions turned from excitement to disappointment to worry. The weather outside was getting pretty tough. The wind was blowing so fast that the snow blew past horizontally. Evie and Irene looked eager to get back indoors. Their noses had turned red from the cold. While they took off their thick winter coats, Evie said, This crazy girl suggested we should buy some ice to keep the wine cold. Oh, shut up. I did get some good wine, though. Irene laughed. It turned out Evie had bought a mountain of snacks, and Irene had pushed to buy some decent food as well. Most of the time they bought groceries for the house and just split the bills. It was easier that way since they shared the kitchen. After putting away the groceries, Evie suggested they put on some candles and play a board game. Fleur was hesitant because Steve could arrive any minute. Evie tried to explain to her that he would probably be delayed in this kind of weather, so they could just play until he got here. Fleur gave in on the condition that they did not play Monopoly, she hates that game. Instead they decided on Settlers of Caton. Fleur was winning for a long time before Brian pulled off a great comeback. The two of them were very close, but Fleur still won in the end. They hadn't played Caton with Brian before. Luckily he was gracious in defeat and turned out to be a good player. Playing Caton had kept her mind of the fact that Steve still wasn't here. The others had exchanged some looks but decided not to tell Fleur. But now that they had finished the game she would wonder about that anyway. Fleur, have you heard anything from Steve? It's been a while now. Irene asked. Oh shit, he is still out there. Fleur realized. She pulled up her phone and checked if she had missed any calls or messages. Last text I have from him is from an hour ago, saying that the traffic is very slow on the roads. Nick opened the curtains. The world outside looked almost apocalyptic. The snow clouds had blocked out most of the sunlight. It was definitely a lot worse than what was shown in the weather forecast. Christ, I didn't know it would get this bad. 
Brian said. And it seems like it won't get any better until early in the morning either. We might actually get snowed in for real, Irene said, looking at the weather app on her phone. Guys, this isn't helping, Fleur said. Tears were forming in her eyes. Her lower lip was trembling. She really was worried for Steve. The euphoria of just having one at Caton had quickly faded away. Evie threw an arm around her and tried to calm her down. He is driving through this storm for me. What if something happens to him? Fleur said, trying not to start crying. He will be all right. I think you should call him. Even if he can't pick up the phone right away, he will have seen you called, and he will call you back as soon as he can, Irene suggested. Brian did not really know what to say, so he went to the kitchen to make tea. Nick agreed that it would be best to call Steve, but the phone went to voicemail. That made Fleur look outside through the window and start to cry softly. She did not even look up when Brian handed her a cup of tea and kept staring at her phone, hoping Steve would call her back. But he didn't. At least not for now. Maybe he is still driving, and just can't pick up the phone now, Evie said. Fleur did not seem to listen and kept staring at her phone. Nick noticed she had already changed her phone's background to a picture of Steve. That probably did not help her now. Fleur wiped away her tears and started to phone him again. But she had not yet started the call before the doorbell rang. Everybody looked up and sort of froze in their place. But Fleur jumped up and raced through the front door. Fleur threw the door open, saw his face, his beard covered in icicles, and threw herself out into the snow, into his arms. Steve staggered back, holding Fleur tight to his body. They stood there out on the street hugging in the snow until Evie walked out and pulled them back indoors. When the front door was closed behind them, they finally stopped hugging. What took you so long? Why didn't you call me? This snow, it is really crazy out there. I wanted to drive here as fast as I could, Steve said. I am so glad I still came to see you. The snow can't stop me from being with you. But man, driving through that was hard. But why did you not call? Fleur asked. I wanted to, Steve said. He held up his hands that were encased on thick gloves. I saw your call when I was parking the car, and I was going to call you back, but I could not get my phone to work. My fingers were so cold that the touchscreen barely worked. So I just decided to run here instead. Fleur said nothing back. She just looked at him for a while before jumping into his arms again. When they finally had gotten Steve out of his winter coat and sat him down on the couch they fired a lot of questions at him. How bad was the situation on the road? What car does he drive? What were his plans for Christmas? Steve was a bit overwhelmed, but answered all of their questions after being handed a cup of hot chocolate. He told them that Fleur had mentioned she would stay in Utrecht during Christmas. This year she invited her parents to come over instead of going back to their place. Steve explained how he saw this as a good opportunity to meet her parents. But he could only half explain the story before Fleur interrupted him. You can interrogate him later. Right now he is all mine. Fleur grabbed his arm and pulled him up from the couch. He managed to hold on to his cup of hot chocolate while she led him upstairs. He did not protest and let Fleur guide him. She is so happy with him. Evie said dreamily after the two of them had disappeared upstairs. I wish I had a boyfriend like that. Isn't he a bit old for you? Brian asked. 
Well, yeah, but... Daddy issues, said Irene with a smile. Shut up. Anyway, I think we shouldn't disturb them for a while, Evie said. How about we play another round of Katen? This round every time somebody rolls a seven they have to drink, Nick suggested. Irene said she wouldn't play. Instead, she asked Evie to help her with her hair. She showed Evie what she wanted to try and they soon went to Irene's room to try it out. That left Brian and Nick downstairs. They put Caton back into the box and looked at the weather forecast again. It was getting pretty bad now. Is there something we should do? Brian asked. Not really. I think we just have to stay inside and hope for the best. Tomorrow morning we can start shoveling snow, Nick said. Brian suggested they continued with his new computer game. They turned the lights down in the living room and went upstairs as well. They completed the first mission within half an hour. But the next level was a lot more challenging. They nearly got it when they got distracted and failed the mission again. The distraction came from upstairs. Fleur's room was in the loft directly above Brian's room. The rhythmic thumping and squeaking was a clear indication of what Fleur and Steve were doing. They could not hear their voices, but the sound of her bed on the wooden floor was unmistakable. Wow, they are really going at it, Brian said quietly. Well, I would have done the same if I were them. Nick laughed. If you can ignore it, can we try to finish this level? Brian had a blush on his face, but he agreed he wanted to try to complete the level in the game. While they were playing, Nick had asked if Brian hadn't heard anything from Fleur, or any of the others before. The house did not exactly insulate sound that well, so sometimes Nick had heard his roommates when they had a date over. But Brian admitted he had never heard anything like this before. Meanwhile, the rhythmic thumping of the bed became even louder. Brian really turned red when Nick half-joked that Evie could be especially loud when she had her boyfriend over. I did not know she had a boyfriend. Who is he? Have I missed something? Brian asked. No, she broke up with him around the time when you moved in. Since then we have all been single, except for Fleur, lucky girl. Didn't Irene have a boyfriend for a while in October? Brian asked. Well, she told me about that. They went on several dates, but it never became more than that. Irene broke it off after the third or fourth date. The thumping of the bed upstairs was pretty loud, but it was nothing to the loud crash that came from Irene's room. A loud crash, followed by the unmistakable sound of falling glass. Brian and Nick looked at each other and froze for a second before jumping up and running to Irene's room. When they burst in they were greeted by a rush of snow blowing into the room. A small branch of a tree had broken off and crashed through one of the windows. The branch was still hanging in the window frame, but most of the glass from that window was now on the floor. Nick's first thought was to get the two girls out of there. Their faces were white from the shock and their eyes were wide open. They were so shocked that they hadn't moved from the bed. They hadn't even shouted for help. The fact that they hadn't moved was probably good, because their bare feet might have gotten hurt on the shards of glass. Nick picked up Irene, and Brian got Evie. Careful to not step into glass themselves, they put down the girls in the hallway. Nick did a quick check to see if the girls were not hurt. They seemed all right. They hadn't been hit by any glass flying around. What, what do we do now? Brian asked. Irene, Evie, I need you to go get shoes. One pair for everybody. 
Brian, you go get a large piece of plywood from the shed. I am going to get the toolbox. We need to board up that window fast. Come on. Let's get going, Brian said. He quickly understood what had to be done and raced downstairs. Irene and Evie were still in shock, but seemed to understand it too. They went downstairs together to collect the shoes so that nobody would hurt themselves standing in the glass. Before Nick went downstairs after them to go get the toolbox he saw Fleur and Steve come down the stairs. Fleur was wearing Steve's shirt. It reached almost down to her knees because it was way too large for her. Her nipples were poking through the thin material, making it clear that Fleur wasn't wearing anything else. Steve just wore his underpants and jeans. He was struggling to pull up his zipper while he asked what was going on. A tree branched through the window, glass everywhere. Nick explained quickly. Is everybody okay? Fleur asked. Yes, everybody seems to be all right. Nick shouted while he ran down the stairs. Put on some clothes and come help, please. In a short time, everybody had their shoes on and got to work. Brian and Nick pushed the branch out of the window and cut the plywood down so it would fit against the window frame. Irene and Evie cleared most of the glass away carefully. Not long after Fleur and Steve started helping clean up the mess. But with six people in the room they began getting in each other's way. Evie suggested that she and Fleur move all of Irene's books and electronics to Evie's room. The snow was still blowing in and forming a light coat of white on everything. Fleur understood that Irene's stuff might get damaged, so she helped Evie move them out. Luckily it did not take long before Brian managed to put the plywood against the window frame. No more snow was getting in. Brian and Nick nailed the plywood down securely. Nick cleaned up the tools and got them out of the room. With everybody helping the room was quickly getting cleaned up. Ironically enough, Irene's room hadn't been this clean in a long time. Fleur soon turned up with towels to dry away the melting snow. It took them another hour before it was near enough done. Soon some people did not have anything to do anymore. What can I do? Is there any way I can still help? Steve asked. Well, somebody should start making dinner soon. There is no way pizza delivery is still happening. And I think we should call the landlord so this window can get fixed properly. Nick said. Fleur called Steve to help her. She would call the landlord and try to explain what had happened. Steve was more than happy to help. He had more experience dealing with shitty landlords and handling the legal technicalities. Evie and Brian were going to make everybody a large cup of hot chocolate. They agreed to make dinner later as well. They decided they would all eat together that evening. After this chaos Irene needed some comfort, and she trusted Nick the most. She cried a little, but mostly she just needed a hug. Together they cleaned the last bits and closed the door behind them. The plywood blocked the window off, but it did not keep out the cold. It did not take long before Fleur and Steve showed up again. They had to take a picture of the window and send it to the landlord. He had told them he would hire somebody to fix it as soon as possible. But he also explained it might take a while. The earliest it could get fixed would be in two days. Steve had managed to get him to agree that if it did not get fixed within a certain period of time the landlord would pay for Irene to stay in a hotel room until it was done. The rest of the afternoon was rather uneventful. While Evie and Brian made dinner Irene fell asleep against Nick on the couch in the living room. Fleur and Steve stayed downstairs as well, 
reading their books. Maybe they were just too tired to go upstairs and continue having sex. Maybe they just felt like they didn't have enough time for that until dinner was ready. Brian was a better cook than they had expected. Even Evie admitted he had done most of the work. Fleur opened up a bottle of wine after they had finished eating. She did share it with Steve, but she drank most of it. She was already getting noticeably tipsy. Irene got another bottle of wine, but was careful Fleur didn't drink much more from that one. After the chaos of the afternoon they started to feel happy again, the wine certainly helped. When Evie turned off the lights they were left in a cozy and romantic lighting from their Christmas tree and the candles. Evie and Steve had spread more than a dozen candles around the room. Evie had come up with the idea. She had whispered to Steve that Fleur had a weakness for it. She had whispered something else in Steve's ear that Nick couldn't quite hear. However, Steve's eyes lit up immediately afterwards. Guys, I have been thinking about this. I don't think I want to sleep in my own room tonight, Irene said. That stupid window scared the shit out of me. And it will be freezing cold there. You are welcome to sleep with me in my bed, Evie said I don't mind. Well, that is the thing. Your bed is almost directly under your window as well. We can't really move the bed unless we move all my stuff again. And I don't think Fleur would want any more people in her bed. Irene joked. Nope, I just want Steve. And I doubt we will be sleeping much in my bed tonight anyway. Fleur said. Fleur stood up and took off her sweater. She threw it at Steve and looked at him with greedy eyes. She stood there right in front of everybody with her nipples poking through a white lace bra. Maybe she didn't know the bra was practically see-through. Maybe she didn't care. In any case, it was obvious what she wanted. Steve jumped up quickly and walked over to her. She jumped up at him, throwing her arms around his neck and her legs around his waist. Steve carried her upstairs like that without any effort. Evie had red cheeks and was biting her lip as she watched them leaving the room. No, definitely not sleeping in her bed. Irene laughed. I think I'll just sleep on the couch. Brian offered her to sleep in his bed, and that Brian could sleep on the couch, but she politely declined. Nick helped her transform the couch into something resembling a decent bed. Luckily for her they had a couch long enough that she could fully stretch out. Meanwhile Evie and Brian had disappeared into their own rooms. But Nick stayed with Irene for a while. Irene was bundled up in several blankets. She was more of a summer person. In the wintertime she was often feeling cold. Nick did not expect she would sleep too well on the couch so the least he could do was comfort her before she went to sleep. They sat together there for a while, watching more and more snow fly past the windows. It was like they were inside their own little snow globe. Nick left her with some happy thoughts and went to his own room as well. On the way he passed Irene's room. He opened the door just a tiny bit, but that was enough to feel the bitter and frosty cold. Nick usually stripped down before he climbed into bed but today it was so cold that he got under the covers first. When he threw out his boxers and was naked under the covers his nipples were protesting. It was uncomfortably chilly for some time until his body heat had spread out and warmed up the bed. But sleep just would not come. Outside the arctic wind was cutting through the city, blasting everything it came across with its white winter weapon. Inside it was serene and calm, the old wall protecting them like an old grandfather. Nick just could not sleep. 
There was too much going on, and not just inside his head. Brian was still playing his game. He was frustrated by a difficult level, swearing loudly at his computer. Meanwhile Evie was in her room singing along with songs from Disney's Aladdin. Nick sort of wanted to get some sleep, but his housemates seemed to have other plans. So Nick just gave up on trying to sleep and grabbed his book. At least an hour had passed by when Nick finished reading his book. He had gotten so into the story that he had tuned out all the sounds around him. Now that his book was finished he listened again. There was no sound from Brian's room, and Evie had turned off her music. Maybe they had decided to go to sleep early as well. Two sets of footsteps came down the stairs and headed into the bathroom. From the sound it was clear that Fleur and Steve were washing up. Hearing water flowing in the bathroom sink made Nick notice how much he needed to pee. Coming out from under the warm covers and into the cold was uncomfortable. And Nick was pretty awake now. He probably wouldn't be able to sleep for an hour or so. Turning up the thermostat was very tempting, and after putting on his boxers he just gave in. He hated being this cold, and needing to pee did not help. Nick impatiently waited inside his room standing behind his door, waiting for the bathroom to be clear. Fleur and Steve had finished washing up, and Fleur went upstairs again to her room. However Nick heard Steve knocking on a door. It must have been Evie's door because a soft voice answered. Steve thanked Evie for something and went upstairs after Fleur. Nick had no idea what that was about, but the bathroom was finally clear. Nick went to the bathroom and did his business. A warm shower afterwards also felt like a good idea. After all, he had become a bit sweaty after boarding up the window. It did feel good being clean and fresh. Coming back into his room was better too. It had warmed up significantly. But before Nick had turned the thermostat down again there was a knock on his door. Without any idea who it might be, Nick opened his door. There stood Irene wrapped up in a blanket, looking a bit shy. The couch is good for sitting, but hopeless for sleeping on. My room is colder than the North Pole, and to be fair, I don't feel much like sleeping alone. Can I sleep with you, please? Irene blurted out. The way she said it sounded to Nick like Irene was feeling miserable, but was almost too ashamed to ask. Yeah, no problem. Just let me get my things and I'll move to the couch. No, no. I knew you would say that. You shouldn't have to sleep on that awful couch either, and I don't mind being in bed with you. Are you sure? Nick asked. Don't be daft, I know you and I trust you, Irene said while she walked in. I don't want you to sleep on the couch. I just don't want to be alone tonight. That window breaking really scared you, didn't it? Nick said. Should I go get some of the pillows from downstairs for you? Irene didn't wait around and unwrapped herself from the blanket and got in the bed. Nick only got a brief glimpse of her. She wore simple but cute underwear. Her breasts jiggled around while she grabbed two of Nick's pillows. Are you all right if I take these? Eh, uh, yeah, that's fine. Come on, get in. Don't stand around there, you'll get cold, Irene said. The room wasn't that cold anymore, but standing around in just his underwear wouldn't help. Nick got into his bed with Irene. She knew which side of the bed he slept on. It was a bit weird getting into bed with Irene. She was almost like a sister to him. Irene snuggled up against him, her cold skin against his. At first Nick was a bit nervous. His heart was beating so hard 
There was no way she didn't feel it. But after a while they both relaxed. The bed heated up much faster with two people under the covers. Thank you for today, Irene whispered. Nick hugged her even tighter to let her know he was always there for her. But after a few seconds she let go and pulled herself away. I think I'm going to sleep now, Irene told him. She turned away and laid on her side facing away from Nick. So he decided he would try to fall asleep as well. Nick still laid on his back, thinking about how much he had actually missed having someone to sleep with. Irene playfully put her cold feet against Nick's side. They both giggled for a while, but after that she lay there silently next to him. Nick couldn't fall asleep again. It had surely been almost half an hour since Irene said she wanted to go to sleep. Maybe she was asleep, but he wasn't. Nick tried to stop thinking about everything that had happened that day and just relaxed. He tried not to focus on the wind beating down on the house. At least it had calmed down a bit, but the wind was still whirling through the streets. Would it still be snowing? The rhythm of the wind gushing past and the windows shuddering was not exactly calming. But after listening to the wind for some time Nick started to hear more than just the wind. The wind certainly was calming down, but the sounds from upstairs were growing louder. Earlier with Brian he had just heard the rhythmic noise of Fleur and Steve fucking in their bed. But now there was the distinct sound of Fleur moaning as well. The rhythm of their bed moving was somewhat slower than before, but Fleur was most definitely enjoying whatever they were doing. When Nick listened extra carefully he could even hear Steve breathing heavily. Nick? Nick? Are you awake? Irene whispered. She hadn't moved while she asked and Nick was unsure what to do. Yeah, I am, he said after a while. Immediately Irene put the light on the nightstand on and turned around. Her cheeks were blushing and she had little lights in her eyes from excitement. They are really going at it, aren't they? Can you always hear Fleur this well in your room? Fleur isn't this loud when she is alone, Nick said. But you can hear her when she's masturbating? Nick was a bit blown away by such a direct question. He had heard Fleur a couple of times, that was true. Oh, come on, she masturbates, I masturbate, we all do it. And I won't shame you for listening to it or anything. I've heard you all do it, and you'll definitely have heard Evie before. I am just asking if she is always this loud, or that you can just hear her better in your room, Irene said. Well, she usually isn't making this much noise. But I've heard her masturbating before, yes. It is kind of crazy, it really turns me on, but it also makes me, as uh, sad or jealous, Irene admitted. Why does it make you sad? Well, they have each other, and the rest of us go back home for Christmas alone, without a partner or a date. I hate being alone this time of year. Is that why you said you did not want to sleep alone tonight? Damn it, Sherlock, you caught me. No, it's more because of that stupid window. If that hadn't happened I probably would have been in my own bed right now with my vibrator, listening to them. Does it really turn you on that much? Well, hearing others masturbate is not always that exciting, but hearing them having sex makes it a lot easier to dream up some fantasies. From the room above them now came sounds of slapping. Fleur and Steve were no longer holding anything back. Every sound they made was clearly audible. Nick? Yeah? Would it be okay with you if, you know, I touched myself in your bed? Irene asked with a shy voice. Trust me, I wasn't planning for this, 
but I am fucking horny right now. You can watch, you can jerk off, I don't care, she said. Irene looked at Nick with begging eyes. Her sharp breathing was already showing how horny she was. If that's not cool, I'll go downstairs and be on the couch. No, it's all right. I am just as worked up as you are, Nick said. Irene lifted the covers and looked at his crotch. Nick had been trying to not get a boner while Irene was in bed with him. However, right then it was jumping into action, quickly swelling up. Nick was not wearing anything more than his underwear, so there was no chance that Irene would not see it anyway. How big does it get? Irene asked while she slid her hand under the covers. I'm not telling you, you'll just have to see, Nick said teasing a bit. Don't hold back, I want to watch you too. Nick put his hand under his boxers and began slowly stroking his cock. But apparently that was not enough for Irene. She pushed the covers back and then pulled his boxers down to set his cock free. She hadn't touched him, but her eyes were glued to Nick's throbbing dick. Irene was still mostly under the covers. It was just pushed down far enough to expose her boobs. Her bra was a simple and comfortable one. It let her tits bounce around a bit while she touched herself. If I had known we would be doing this I would have dressed up differently, Irene said. She had clearly noticed Nick looking at her chest, and she did not mind. Nick now used longer strokes to spread his pre-cum around and lubricate himself. Without makeup, with just normal underwear, and without even trying, you look better than anybody I've ever had here in my bed. Irene just smiled and rubbed herself even faster. But not long after she suddenly stopped. She looked at the door, and then up at the ceiling. Nick stopped moving as well, but he did not know what was going on. Is that slapping sound Steve spanking Fleur? She asked. I think it is, yes. I've never been spanked in bed before. Irene continued rubbing herself, and began massaging her tits with her other hand. Sounds like you like the idea of getting spanked. Nick laughed. My boyfriends always were too soft to do that. They were scared that I might get bruised or something. Why didn't you tell them you wanted something different? It's not always that easy. Besides, I don't want to talk about my exes right now. What do you think Steve is doing to Fleur? Irene wanted to change the subject back, and Nick did not try to push her. I imagine Fleur is on her knees on her bed, with Steve fucking her from behind. He has her hands pinned behind her back with one hand and he is spanking her with his other hand. Irene finished. Irene closed her eyes and sank back into the pillows. She was no longer rubbing herself, she had pushed a finger inside herself. Or maybe more than one finger, Nick couldn't see. Based on what they could hear Fleur was getting close to an orgasm. Nick and Irene were both stroking themselves while they listened to Fleur's ever-increasing moaning. Irene quietly sat up and undid the clasp of her bra. She threw it to the side, not aiming for anything in particular, but it ended up hanging from Nick's desk. Nick had seen her topless a few times, but this was so much different, so much better. Irene had a devilish smile when she looked at Nick while she took off her panties as well. Nick already had his boxers down around his thighs, so he took them off as well. Irene laid back down next to him, but much closer now. She wasted no time and pushed two fingers inside herself. The covers were pushed down all the way down to their ankles now. Half the time Irene had her eyes closed, 
otherwise she was looking at Nick stroking his cock. She tried to suppress her moans, but sometimes she just couldn't hold it back. When Fleur came to an orgasm Irene looked Nick in the eyes. Don't come yet, I am not there yet, she said. Irene closed her eyes and furiously plunged her fingers in and out. Nick tried to match her pace for a while, but he couldn't keep up. If he kept going he would come for sure. Upstairs it had gone quiet, but Irene was not slowing down. After a while she just sort of gave up and let her arms drop down by her side. Are you okay? Nick asked. Yeah, I just... Irene sighed. Getting an orgasm isn't that easy for me. I've managed to do it a couple of times this way, but sometimes it just won't come. You said you had a vibrator, right? Does that work better than doing it yourself? Nick asked. I have two. One that just vibrates, and a satisfier. It is kind of hard to explain, but that thing can get me to finish in just a few minutes. Should I go get them from your room? Nick suggested. Eh, no. Nick looked at her, trying to figure out what she wanted. They, uh, are not in my room, Irene said. What, are you hiding them in the bathroom or something? Well, no. Come on, no reason to be shy now. Tell me where, and I'll go get them for you. Yeah, but no. You see, they are in Evie's room. That surprised Nick. Why would Irene keep her toys in somebody else's room? All right, you know when we moved most of my stuff out of my room because of the snow? They took my vibrators as well. You know I have that DVD box from Planet Earth? That is a fake. There are no DVDs in there. When I was still living with my parents I caught my little brother snooping around my room once. Back then I had a big pink dildo that my friend had bought for me as a joke. I've never used it because it was way too big for me then. But I kind of wanted to save it for later when it would maybe fit. So I searched online for a good hiding place and I found that fake DVD box. Wow, I've never heard of anybody else going that far to hide their sex toys. Nick said. Well, it works great. Only my exes and you now know about it. Evie and Fleur don't know, so I was a bit nervous when they just grabbed it and moved it to Evie's room. Maybe we can come up with a story to go and get it from her room. What? Tell her that you absolutely need to watch Planet Earth at this hour? No, I think that's just not going to happen. Why are you even trying so much? Well, I could say it wouldn't be fair if I got to come but you didn't. But actually, I am just horny and curious. It's not like I have a hot girl like you masturbate beside me every day. If you want to, you can try to help me get there. Irene said. She sounded shy again. Nick looked directly into her big eyes. She didn't move apart from sliding a hand down over her belly. Nick rolled on his side and slowly placed his hand over hers. Irene shuddered and got goosebumps all over her skin when Nick finally touched her. She guided him between her legs while they maintained eye contact. We shouldn't have sex though. I am not on the pill anymore. I always have some condoms here in the drawer of my nightstand. I am not sure I am ready for that yet. Can I kiss you? Yes. You can do anything, just no sex, Irene said. She leaned forward, eager for Nick to kiss her. Her lips were warm and soft against his. Small gasps interrupted their first kiss when Nick let go of her hand and let his fingers slide over her inner thighs. 
She moved one of her legs out to give him better access and pulled Nick even closer to her. They were locked in an intense kiss when Nick let his fingers slide up on her thigh and into her pussy lips. Nick did not stop kissing her while she let out a small moan. Nick trailed his index finger between her lips for some time, with each stroke moving a little bit more towards her clit. His finger had become very wet from moving over Irene's pussy. With the next stroke he would put his mouth over hers and lightly brush against her clit for the first time. Nick looked into her eyes when he slid his finger up. And then there was a knock on the door. Irene and Nick froze. Irene's eyes opened even more in light panic. Nick? Irene? said Evie's soft voice from behind the door. Irene and Nick shot up, but couldn't cover themselves before the door opened and Evie peeked around the corner. Evie? Hi you too. Evie, what are you doing here? Irene said. Well, it's clear what you two are doing. And I just thought I heard my name a couple of times, Evie said. Evie took a quick look around the room and saw Irene's bra hanging from the desk. She got a big smile on her face and stepped into the room, closing the door behind her. The bathrobe that was hanging over her shoulders was open just enough to show her deep red lace bra. Evie jumped on the other end of the bed and pulled the covers back. Her bathrobe fell completely open now but she didn't care. I bet you two heard Fleur and Steve as well. But why did my name get involved? Evie? Oh, come on, I heard them too. I opened my door so I could hear them better while I fingered myself. But then I heard you too, and you are doing more than just masturbating. Well, all right, you caught us. Yes, we heard them, and yes, we were masturbating too, Nick said. Cool. By the way, I didn't know you had such a big one, Nick, Evie said. Nick threw up his hands and stopped trying to cover himself. Evie stared at his member for a while before she got back to her senses. So, how come you were talking about me? Nick looked over to Irene, who now also decided it was pointless to hide from Evie. Ugh, might as well tell you everything now. If you come sit between us, I'll tell you, Irene said. Evie crawled towards them, but Nick stopped her. Hold on, we are naked. Well then you better get me naked too, Evie said with a daring grin. Irene pulled her panties down on one side. She looked at Nick, hinting he should get the other side. When the panties slid down her legs Nick saw how wet Evie was. Her panties had a big wet patch as well. Irene pushed the bathrobe off her shoulders and sat up to get behind Evie and take off her bra. You are such a slut sometimes, you know that, Irene said. You are the one who got into Nick's bed first. Oh, shut up, Irene said when she pushed Evie down on the bed. Now tell me. Irene told her how she wasn't happy sleeping on the couch and how she ended up in Nick's room. When she got to the part where they were masturbating she was playing with Evie's nipples. Nick told how he suggested getting Irene's vibrators. And Irene explained that those vibrators were actually in Evie's room. They could see Evie's eyes light up when she found out that secret. Evie let her fingers slide over Nick's cock and Irene's pussy. She swung her head from side to side looking at both of them. Shall I go get them? Bring yours too, Irene said. Evie jumped up and ran out of the room. She left the door halfway open which let in a gush of cold air. I'm turning up the heater. I doubt we will be getting any sleep for a while, Irene said. Actually, it should still be on. 
You walked in before I could turn it down, Nick said. I can't believe both of you just walked in. I told you, she is a bit of a slut. You don't mind, do you? I'm not complaining. Neither am I. It kind of feels nice to just be open about it. Irene kissed him and rolled onto him. She kissed him until they heard Evie come back from her room. She threw the fake DVD box to Irene and put another box on the bed. Apparently she kept her sex toys in a regular white box. Her box was a lot bigger than the one Irene used. Evie walked back to close the door when they heard another door open. Evie didn't stop and walked naked into the hallway. She stepped towards Brian's room, just out of view from Irene and Nick. They heard Evie and Brian whisper, but couldn't hear what they said. It didn't take long before Evie peeked her head around the corner. Is it alright with you if Brian joins us as well? Geez, Evie, why don't you invite Fleur and Steve too? Nick joked. I thought about that, but they are a couple. We are all single, so nobody has to get jealous. We can just have fun, Evie explained. Besides that, I think they might already be asleep. I wouldn't be surprised after what we've heard. Brian, you can join us, but only if you get naked too, Irene said. And whatever we do here stays in here. I'm not interested in being known as a slut at work or at the university. Unlike Evie, she whispered to Nick. Irene handed the fake DVD box to Nick. It was a rather convincing box, but Nick knew it was fake and easily opened it. Inside were two vibrators, a small purple one, and a satisfier. Meanwhile Irene was searching through Evie's toys. Evie walked in with Brian and looked like she had never been so happy in her life. I didn't know you had so many, Irene said. You can use anything you want, we can clean them afterwards, Evie said with a naughty smile. Use them for me, or use them on you. You can use them on the guys too if they aren't too shy. Eh, no thanks. Nick said. He had seen some funky-looking vibrators and dildos in the box. Oh, come on, don't be shy, Irene said. I see a big one that I think you will just love. Nick's eyes were wide open. He wasn't into that sort of thing. Then Irene picked something out of the box. It was a large bottle of massage oil. Damn it, you scared me there for a second, Nick said. I think we can all agree that we can have fun as long as we don't force others to do anything they don't want, Irene said. Everybody agreed, and Brian was so eager to join in that he almost fell over when he tried to take his underwear off. Evie managed to grab a hold of him and keep him standing up. Evie didn't let go of him and started exploring Brian's naked body with her hands. She walked around him while feeling the muscles on his chest, his shoulders, his back. When she came to his front again she slowly dropped to her knees. Brian did not know what to say and just nodded yes. Irene poked Nick in the side. He was getting captivated by Evie seducing Brian. She put the massage oil to the side and trailed her fingernails over his legs. Slowly she moved closer. Sitting on her hands and knees she got between Nick's legs. Her full breasts were wobbling side to side. That image caused Nick's cock to twitch. I think I know what you want, Irene teased. Nick grabbed a handful of her hair and played with it. Yes, please. Say it. Tell me you want me. I want your gorgeous lips on my dick, I want you. Irene let her head drop down and took Nick into her mouth. First just the tip, 
but every time she went slightly deeper. Nick had to resist the urge to grab her head and guide her. By the look of Irene's eyes she was clearly enjoying taking it very slow. Then she sucked and brought her head up. With a wet sound she let go of Nick. She licked her lips and smiled. I like how you taste. It is better than I imagined in my fantasies. You fantasized about me? Nick said surprised. Have I never turned up in your fantasies? Irene asked. More often than I'd like to admit. Nick answered. Irene sat up and took Nick's hands. Come, you can try that massage oil on me, she said. Irene turned around and laid on her stomach. She positioned herself in such a way that she had a good view on Evie sucking off Brian. Nick picked up the bottle, which was indeed rather big. He decided Evie probably wouldn't mind if he used a generous amount on Irene. When the first drops landed between Irene's shoulder blades she tensed up. Damn, that's very cold. Nick poured some more into his hands. Closing the bottle with one hand wasn't easy, but he managed it. He warmed up his hands before putting them on her back. Nick spread the oil around and began working it into her skin. He began on her shoulders, without too much pressure. When he felt her skin quickly warming up he added more pressure and tried his best to give a good massage. He wished he had looked up some techniques, because he hadn't given a lot of massages before. However it seemed to work just fine as he made it up as he went along. Brian was breathing heavily, and Irene let out some deep moans when Nick hit some good spots. Evie was making some cute noises as well while she was going up and down Brian's dick with quite some speed. Every time she moved her hair flopped around. Suddenly Brian grabbed her head and stopped her. Evie pulled back and looked up. Did I do something wrong? She asked. The opposite, if you kept going like that you would make me come. Evie relaxed again and put her hair into a ponytail. There were two drops hanging from her chin. She took a finger to wipe away the drops and sucked on that finger. What shall we do now? Evie asked eagerly. Irene, is it all right if I take over massaging you? If that's all right with you as well, Nick. Nick was a bit conflicted. He was really enjoying having his hands on Irene. But he also knew he wasn't the best at giving massages. But Irene answered before he could. You can massage me, and I think Nick should take the handcuffs out of Evie's box and lock her to the bed frame. She has been a real slut and maybe she needs to be told a lesson. Evie picked the handcuffs out of her box and threw them at Nick. His hands were all slippery from the oil and he dropped it. It fell from the bed onto the floor. If you think I've been a bad girl maybe you should spank me. Evie hinted. Brian picked her up and dropped her on the bed next to Irene. Nick picked up the handcuffs and put them on her wrists. He put the links around the bed frame so that Evie was locked with her hands up above her head. She let Nick handcuff her willingly and looked very happy. Are you all right with that, Evie? Irene asked. Oh, hell yes, you guys can touch me, lick me, fuck me. I am up for anything. Ha ha, you little slut, Irene said. She had gotten up as well and sat between Nick and Brian looking at Evie. She took one of Evie's feet and looked at her with a menacing smile. Can we tickle you? She touched the sole of Evie's feet. Evie immediately gasped and tried to pull her feet away. Brian tickled her in her armpits for a second before Evie started begging them to stop. She was laughing, but clearly couldn't handle getting tickled. 
Irene stopped and let her breathe again. Please, please, anything, just don't tickle me, Evie managed to say. But can I tickle you inside? Irene slid a finger inside Evie's pussy and watched her. Evie dropped her head back and moaned, not having expected that. Oh, yes, yes. Too bad, you're locked up, and I have two guys all for myself for now. You'll just have to watch. Irene turned around, put her legs over Evie's thighs and laid back on her stomach. This gave Evie a perfect look on Irene's ass. Brian, you wanted to massage me? And Nick, I remember you still wanted to use that vibrator on me? Nick did not need to be asked twice. He quickly found both Irene's vibrators and decided to try out the small purple one first. Brian was doing a great job at massaging Irene, but Nick didn't take time to look and maybe pick up some techniques. Instead he used the oil that was still on his hands to lubricate the vibrator and spread the rest on Irene's butt. You can touch my ass, but no anal stuff please, Irene said. Don't you like anal? Evie asked. I haven't tried it yet. It's still on my bucket list, but I don't want to try it right now. Nick took the vibrator and tried some of the buttons to see how it worked. Apparently the thing had five different settings. Nick picked a less intense option and put the vibrating tool against her inner thigh, not far away from her pussy lips. Nick wanted to tease her a bit first. Slowly he got closer and closer. With the first connection to her lips Nick saw her body slightly twitch. The goosebumps on her soft skin were just begging to be touched. Nick caressed her but, careful to not let his hand stray too far towards her asshole. He wanted to make her feel safe in his hands. But he was now focusing too much on her ass and had let the vibrator slide against her clit. Irene swung her arm back and grabbed his hand. She pulled the vibrator back and let out a moan of relief. Don't put too much pressure there. It can get too intense. She said. Nick kept massaging her butt, but now paid more attention to how and where he applied the vibrator. Every breath from Irene got faster and heavier. Her hips started to move and buckle. Put your fingers in me, Irene begged. Nick pushed two of his fingers against her wet pussy. They slid in more easily than he expected. The look of her being spread tight around his fingers made him rock hard. His last girlfriend had taught Nick how to finger her better. Those techniques worked great on Irene as well. Brian soon had to let go of her because she pushed herself up on her elbows to breathe easier. Small but rapid moans came out of her throat. Her whole body began to twitch and move uncontrollably. Brian now had access to her breasts because she had lifted herself up. When he touched her nipples she exploded into a wild orgasm. Her hips buckled like a wild horse, her pussy clamped down on Nick's fingers but the best was looking at the cute expressions on her lovely face. Irene collapsed on the bed, and it took a while before she regained her breath and opened her eyes again. When she saw Nick and Brian smiling at her she began to giggle. Her giggles were interjected with some soft moans. This is so much better than doing it yourself, Irene said. It looks good too, do you think I can be next? Evie asked. Irene looked over her shoulder at Evie as if she had forgotten about her. Hey you back there, enjoyed the show? I didn't kick you by accident, did I? No, all good. I've never seen another girl orgasm actually, apart from porn of course. Evie said. Irene got up and sat down with a sigh. She looked at the two dicks beside her. 
Then she looked at Evie, still chained to the bed frame. Shall we unlock this little vixen? I can't guarantee your safety, though. She might be dangerous. Dangerously horny. If you don't get me out of these cuffs, I think my pussy will melt. Nick was too horny to tease her and got the keys to unlock her. When he was bent over her, his cock brushed against her. It left a small drop of precum on the side of her tit. Evie looked at it and licked her lips. The cuffs came off with a satisfying click. Evie didn't even touch her wrists. She practically jumped on Brian. Straddled over him, she bombarded him with kisses. Brian must be in heaven. His hands were all over her body. From her face, her hair, her small tits to her ass, his hands were going wild. Nick sat down beside Irene, and they both just admired the look of those two horny freaks. Pure lust was unfolding between them. Evie pulled herself away from Brian's face to look him deep in his eyes. Do you want to have sex with me? Because I just can't wait any longer. She said. With one hand Brian pulled her back to his face to kiss again. With the other hand he guided himself inside her. When he entered her Evie gasped loudly with her eyes wide open. They wasted no time. Brian laid on his back but still found room to move his hips up and down. And Evie wow. She was like a machine, grinding on his dick like crazy. Irene snuggled up against Nick. Her hot body pressing against his skin felt intensely intimate. Together they sat on the bed enjoying the spectacle in front of them. Can you imagine Fleur and Steve coming down and seeing this? Irene fantasized. What would you think they would do? What would you want them to do? Nick asked. I imagine Steve walking in here with his massive cock swinging between his legs. I would get up and walk up to him. He would turn around to Fleur to ask for permission to touch me. But instead Fleur would guide him to Evie and allow Steve to fuck Evie in the ass. And where would we fit in this fantasy? Nick asked. Irene tore her eyes away from Brian's dick sliding in and out of Evie. She slipped out of her fantasy and looked at Nick. Is it wrong if I fantasize about you making love to me? It is just a fantasy. I don't know if I really want us to have sex. Irene, don't worry about it. We all have fantasies. Fleur and Steve walking in is just a fantasy. I think I heard Steve snoring a while ago, so that won't be happening. Don't ruin that story about Steve. Damn it, Nick. I was almost there. Evie said. Brian lifted his head to whisper something into Evie's ear. Whatever it was, it definitely worked to get Evie going. When Brian whispered again to her she came. Evie had a much different orgasm than Irene. Evie tensed up for a second and then burst out into a flurry of high-pitched screams. Irene crawled over to Evie's box with sex toys, and Nick got behind Evie. Nick softly twisted her nipple, careful not to cause much actual pain. Either Evie came again, or it extended her orgasm. When the climax of Evie ebbed away, Nick let her go and turned back to Irene. Irene had picked up a big pink Tarzan-style vibrator, much bigger than her little purple bullet vibrator. Irene was admiring the large collection that Evie had in that box. I knew that you had some vibrators, but I had no idea you had this much, Irene said. I have some more. There should be two under my pillow on my bed and Steve knocked on my door earlier to borrow another set of handcuffs. Oh, and I have a set of butt plugs. Everybody looked at Evie. You lent handcuffs to Steve to use with Fleur? 
Irene said with astonishment. I have talked with Fleur about that some time ago. And I thought it would be a fun way to surprise both Fleur and Steve with that today. So I told Steve earlier today to come pick it up before he went upstairs with Fleur, Evie said. She had a proud grin on her face when she admitted it. Irene laid back and pushed the big pink vibrator inside her. You little slut, Irene muttered while she turned on the vibrator. A good kind of slut, right? Evie said. She bent over and took the pink vibrator out of Irene's hands. Evie pushed it even deeper into Irene. The best kind of slut, but a bad, bad girl. Irene teased. Evie dropped between Irene's thighs and began licking her labia while sliding the vibrator in and out. Brian moved behind Evie and grabbed her hips. Evie gasped again when he pushed in, but she did not lift her head away from Irene's pussy. However, Irene grabbed her hair and pulled her away. That looks too good. I want it too. Nick go grab a condom. I want you to fuck me. Nick could not be happier than to be asked that. He picked a condom out of his nightstand and quickly put it on. When he looked back at Irene she was on all fours next to Evie. Nick stepped behind her and slowly pushed himself into her vagina. Irene was tight and warm and very wet. She was tight, but he slipped inside with a smooth motion. Brian was fucking Evie at a fast pace, but Nick decided to start slow. Irene was more delicate and Nick didn't want her to change her mind. But when Evie came to another orgasm Irene started moving with Nick, slamming her ass back into him. Together they built up speed until both Brian and Nick were drilling the girls at full speed. With every thrust Evie's small tits bounced, but Irene's bigger tits were really dancing around. Evie had noticed that too and used one hand to grope her friend. Nick was almost ready to announce he was about to come when Evie spoke up. Do you mind if we switch for a while? I kind of want to feel Nick inside me as well, Evie said. Wait one second, Irene said. She grabbed the pink vibrator, turned it on, and pressed it against her clit. She immediately came. Her hips buckled in deep. Heavy moans accompanied Irene's climax. Nick kept thrusting into her, but before he could finish too, she fell forwards. Her pussy had clamped down as hard as it could on his dick, but it slid out anyway. Irene's body was shaking all over, even her moans had become small grunts. Nick tried to hold Irene while he orgasm subsided, but she flicked away his hands with a motion as if any touch would be too much now. Even Brian and Evie slowed down to see if she was all right. Irene looked at their worried faces while a couple of shockwaves rushed through her body. She smiled and tried to give them a thumbs up, but her hands barely functioned. Okay, all good. H-H-H, just too sensitive, she managed to say. The look on Evie's face rapidly turned back to her cheeky smile. She looked at Nick and the stared at his pulsating cock. Irene seemed to have seen that as well. You go ahead. H-H-H, and take both of them. Evie let herself fall forward as well. Her gaze switched quickly between Nick and Brian. Her already pink blushing cheeks now turned to a more deep red color. Do you both want to do that? Fuck me at the same time? Brian didn't look away from Evie when he said, If Nick is alright with it, can I fuck you in your butt or how do you want to do this? Nick asked. You can fuck my ass if that is okay. I don't know if that will fit, but I desperately want to try. 
Evie blurted out. Nick nodded. I will be careful not to hurt you. Evie pushed Brian down to lay on his back. She straddled over him and sat down on his cock in one smooth motion. Evie looked over her shoulder at Nick. If you want, you can take off the condom. It would be awesome if you both came inside me. Evie mumbled. Upon hearing that Irene moaned some more. Nick found a way to get behind Evie and pulled off the condom. Evie closed her eyes and laid down on Brian's chest. Meanwhile Brian grabbed her ass cheeks and spread them apart. Her little ass was moving slightly as if it knew it was about to get violated. Nick put the head of his cock against her opening and slightly pushed. Her little hold did not want to let him in right away. So Nick pulled back and tried again. This time Evie relaxed her butt and Nick could feel her ass slowly giving way, but it still wasn't quite enough. Then suddenly came the hand from Irene. She licked her fingers and spread them on Evie's butt. Irene grabbed Nick and guided him against her hole again. Now her ass opened just enough to let Nick in. With just the tip inside he waited for a while until Evie's muscles stopped trying to push him out. When Evie relaxed again he pushed deeper and deeper. When Brian began moving his hips Evie moaned just as deep and heavy as Irene had. Nick started moving as well. He could feel Brian moving inside Evie. She was incredibly tight, but it did fit. Are you all right, Evie? Nick asked. It's a bit painful, but I think it works. Hold on, Brian said. He moved out his legs, allowing Evie to sit more comfortably on him. Nick felt her but releasing a lot of tension. Oh yes, that is better, Evie gasped. Brian and Nick both started moving again, now faster and deeper. Nick was quite amazed he could slide the full length of his cock inside her tiny ass. He could feel her internal muscles tense up and release rhythmically. Fuck me rough now, I am going to come, Evie moaned. Nick increased the speed of his thrusts. He kept speeding up until he was going at the same pace as when he had fucked Irene. Oh God! Ah, Evie moaned. Don't stop until you come. Nick let go and let his animal instinct take over. He violently slammed in and out of her ass, not holding back for anything. Evie clawed at the covers, but they only fucked her harder. Evie's nails dug into his skin, but he didn't stop. Then he felt Brian make one final big thrust. Evie's insides tensed up, sending Nick over the edge as well. Three last thrusts, and then he pushed as deep into her as he could. His cum squirted deep into her. All the pressure that had built up that evening was released all at once. Every bit of energy Nick still had was put into it. He gave her small tits one last squeeze, and then pulled out. A small drop of cum followed him out, but everything else was nested deep inside. Evie didn't have the energy anymore to get up from Brian. He had to lift her and carefully lay her down next to Nick and Irene. Brian himself was panting for air as well. For the next five minutes none of them had much energy left to say another word and enjoyed the moment. Irene was the first to say something. I really should try anal soon. That looks amazing. It was, Evie moaned. Doesn't it hurt? Irene asked. When you go slow it doesn't, but right now my ass is aching like crazy. But I like a bit of pain in my ass after a good session, Evie admitted. I would love to do this again. You guys are amazing. Brian said. And Irene, do you think I can fuck you two at another time? 
Well, you see, guys, before I was kind of thinking of keeping this as a one-time thing, Irene said. But doing this together is so intense. Maybe there will come another time when we can do something like this again. And sure, Brian, you can have me as well then. But I also want to go back to dating and just be with one guy at a time. What about you, Evie? Oh, I want more of this, no doubt, Evie said immediately. Yeah, all right. But maybe we need to set some boundaries. When my window gets fixed, I need some privacy as well. When I am masturbating, I don't mind if you listen, but don't just come barging in every time. Maybe we can set up some rules? Evie suggested. Let's say we keep our doors closed if we want privacy. But if we are open to play, we hang a piece of black underwear on the door handle. Or just keep the door wide open. We should talk to Fleur and Steve about that before we keep our doors open when we masturbate or have sex in the open like that, Nick said. And let's agree to not do that when we have guests in the house. We don't want there to be some awkward situations. Yeah, best if we act normal when family or friends come over. But black underwear on the door handle when you are open to play? That sounds like a good plan, Brian said. Oh, I hope Fleur will agree to that as well when we tell her. Evie said, I'll definitely always have something hanging on my door when they agree to join in. Let's talk about this more tomorrow, shall we? Right now I think we should all just go to sleep. It's late, and I am exhausted. Irene said, All right, house meeting tomorrow. Brian, can I sleep with you? Evie said, I am going back to my bed. You can join me, but I am going to sleep in my bed right now. Brian answered, they got up and were going to head for Brian's room. But when Evie got up she was dripping cum from both holes. A small puddle was forming on the floor. Oops, I think I should clean up first. I'll be with you in a bit, Brian. Evie headed for the bathroom while cupping herself to try and stop more cum from dripping out. She wasn't very successful and left a trail of drops on the floor. Where do you want to sleep? Your room is out of the question. You said the couch was uncomfortable and my bed is a hot mess. Nick asked Irene. I'll sleep here with you if you don't mind. If you are all right with it, I'll sleep with you every night until my window gets fixed and I can go home to my parents for Christmas. What we do after that I don't know, but until then we can sleep together and have sex every night. Nick agreed and hugged her. They fell asleep before Evie came back to clean up the mess she had made. The End